And welcome back to another episode of the Geek Centurion. It's me, your boy Eli. It's me, Joe. So, there recently, the uh, Last of Us show came out. Uh, we're not going to be talking much about it. But we did want to talk about the idea of this video game curse thing. And, you know, the adaptation right, wise. And also, compare it to another video game live action show that recently came out that everyone has been comparing it to, which is the Halo TV series. Which is a show that we both talked about for a good amount of time. So that's going to be mostly what this episode is going to be about. A quick rundown of those two shows and the idea of this, you know, live action uh, or, you know, adapting uh, video games into another medium. So obviously we're going to start off with the uh, with the show itself. Really well done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we watched the, the first episode and... Uh... Yeah, I mean, like, it is really well done, um, well directed, well acted, well shot. Like, it is very good, you know? Like, they definitely have uh, pretty much all the hallmarks of, uh, I guess, the the feeling and the tone of The Last of Us story, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pedro Pascal is pretty great in the, as Joel, you know? Uh, you know, just sort of seeing all that... Like how how much of a effort he puts into the character and stuff, um, and yeah, we, we uh, the effects are pretty solid too. Uh, I guess we'll probably see. We didn't see much of like the uh, the clickers is what they're called, right? Yeah, the the, the clickers, the zombies. Yeah, the, the yeah, which are like they're fungus zombies. Mm-hmm. Which I do. I can I just say I like the the introduction of like the fungus zombies in here. Because, like, everyone's like, oh, they're just, like, you know, undead zombies. But, no, at the beginning, I, I would say, like, what, the prologue? Yeah, like, that little, like, uh, intro, like, little prologue thing where it's just these scientists talking about, like, uh, diseases and stuff. <clears throat> and one of them is, like, uh, what I fear the most is uh, fungal uh, outbreaks and stuff. Because, you know, uh, he brought up a, a very actual thing that happens... Mm-hmm. That, like, there are some types of fungus that can infect creatures and, like, turn them into basically zombies. Like, ants and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they'll burrow into their brain and cause them to, like, you know, uh, go to a certain place and get eaten and stuff so that they can spread their spores more. You know, and he's like, what if, you know, a fungus like that just becomes evolved to not just, uh, you know, to infect humans, then, uh, then we're kind of boned because we don't have anything th- to fight against it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's a uh, it, de- it definitely sets up like the I guess sort of the in world explanation of how the clickers work because uh, I'm, I'm guessing this wouldn't have enough time throughout the actual type of the show because I mean they don't really because I know uh, in I guess in the game it's probably just like glossed over and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It might have been implied, but again, just to let you guys know, we did not play the first game. That first game. No, uh, I mean, I what I did um, after I watched this first episode was watch maybe like the first couple, like maybe hour and a half of cutscenes from the game, just to get a feel of like, okay, how did this? How do these two compare? And for the most part, uh, like granted, story wise, there are some. Uh, different beats to it like uh the show definitely expands a lot more on certain elements um like it still has basic the basic same plot of beginning you know joel and uh tess 
mm-hmm. go after this guy who double crossed him or whatever. Uh, in the game, he, he sold their guns, um, but in the show, you know, he's trying to sell off a car battery that they're going to use to go out somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, but it still has the same plot though of like, hey, listen, this lady, uh, I think uh, I forget her name. Uh, it's like starts with an M. Marissa, no. No, it's, um, I don't know why, I, I want to say Melinda, but I don't think it's Melinda. Well, whatever her name is, yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, hey, you know, she's the leader of the Fireflies, which is like this rebel faction, because, yeah, you know, after her whole outbreak, we'll kind of turn a bit dystopian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, it's like, hey, I got, you know, listen, I can get you this, this, and that, but you got to do a job for me, which is... Take this girl, Ellie, and you gotta take her to uh, meet with my other Firefly crew, and they'll hook you up. Still, ha- they'll, they'll still have the same beats both in the game and uh, in the show, which is I think the more important part is that they, while the show expands a lot more in terms I think of the lore from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it still follows those same beats. At least so far. No, no, no. I, I agree. I think that's one thing that I you can give credit to the guys who are making. It. Also, remember Neil Druckmann is like executive producer, so he's gonna make sure this is very close to the game as as uh, as possible. Yeah. Like, so obviously he's gonna be the one, you know, in charge. Not not in charge, but like you know, he he, he has a lot of create uh, a lot more creative input into the show than I feel like most other. Um, uh, you know, video game mm-hmm. adaptations, you know, have, right? <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's, uh, if anything, I will say this uh, when comparing this video game to the, uh, well, to the show to the video game, uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, definitely captures, uh, Joel, Joel very well. Like he doesn't have that same like voice, but he carries the same like mannerisms and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, I think interesting because obviously like the big uh, controversy before the show came out was that hey we didn't tell the actors to play the game you know uh which you know obviously people were like well why, why you know like, why you know why don't you let them play the game that way they can you know, understand a little this blah 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 and i kind of you know i get that though i i get both sides of it because like yeah it's, it's one of those things where like you know you want this person to read said book to, to understand why it's so good, uh, to understand the character, but here's the difference: we're talking about something that's like a book to another performance, right? Mm-hmm. You don't ever want actors to be like, "Hey, just be like this guy," right? Right, because especially for an actor, right? Uh, I think some actors feel like they're they're limiting themselves. Yeah. Uh, heck, a very interesting thing was uh because uh, it's an hbo show they have the, like those behind the scenes like little things at the end mm-hmm. um that the character that plays like the leader of the fireflies is the same character that voices her in the game yeah and she talks about how yeah it's super weird like in the game like they make her kind of look like you so you can be more comfortable blah 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 but you know having to portray her in actual like live action feels so much different yeah, which is something like, and that's saying like, you know... Because um, instead of having the video game and yeah. having to rely on just your voice, now I have to use my whole body. It's a different It's a different method. <clears throat> yeah. And like, not saying like um, Troy Baker couldn't, you know, do a physical role 
or um, the girl who plays uh, Ellie. Yeah. Which I think it would be really weird because a, this is a total age difference from what she is. Yeah, uh, Ashley Johnson, I think, is the voice actress for Ellie. Yeah. And obviously, uh, she is not a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> no, she's not a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> you know, so obviously they can't pull that off. But Stop telling me to do, Joel. I'm not a 12-year-old girl. Everyone just looks at him like, uh, yeah, 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 you're not a 12 year old girl at all. (laughs) But, but yeah, no, it's, and, you know, obviously, yes, you can look at that sort of performance and be like, okay, what's the idea? What do I want to get out of this? But like you, as an actor, you kind of don't want to, you know, just do the same thing as someone else did. You kind of want to bring in your own thing, right? Yeah. It's like if you were to do your own take on something, you want to make it your own in a way. But that's but you still have to be in a way respectful. And you know Pedro Pascal does that in such a great way, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this is this is Joel, this is Joel. He's not being. He's trying not. He's trying not to be Troy Baker. He's trying to be Joel, kind of thing. If that makes any sense to anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I know I I get it. You know, um, like I think. Part of, I think part of the reason why I think it, it works so well is because Neil Druckmann is an executive producer and does have a lot more creative input. He probably, because I'm going to be honest, I think he is also, he's going to be directing at least one of these episodes. I think he is, yes, I remember so, that. So, you know, having that him be there and actually potentially uh, directing these actors, like, he knows what the characters are mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And he can probably give them the same... Uh, Things he gave, say, Troy Baker and Axie Johnson about, like, hey, this is how I want these characters to be. He'd be like, hey, Pedro Pascal, this is how, you know, I want Joel to mm. be kind of thing. I want your, you know, back and forth. And, yeah, you know, it, it is, yeah, like I said, like, he doesn't capture, like, I guess the voice, but the mannerisms are all there mm-hmm. for me. At least from what I've seen from the gameplay of The Last of Us so far and stuff like that. Like, it, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, uncanny. I'm pretty sure that even the the voice actors themselves, I mean, I know they're going to have a cameo here and there, but also, like, they've, they've talked to the actors to be like, okay, this is how... Yeah, I think that, I believe that is also something that has happened. Like, the voice actors have talked to, you know, the the actual actors for the mm-hmm. live-action show, which I think is neat, you know? Like, sort of giving them, like, oh, here's how I approach the character. You This is that. It's like, oh, okay, that's interesting, mm-hmm. you know? What if I do this? It's like, okay, that might be cool. Yeah. You know? And so I guess that brings us to the next part of, of this conversation is like uh, the whole idea of the video game curse, right? Um, like, yeah, you know, d- adapting video games into live action or any other form of media has been kind of uh, bad. Um, I think that's just, the, just uh, people just use that because that was a conversation that's been going on online. I think yeah. it's more of a yeah. marketing word, really. That's what it is. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of uh, articles online have been talking about how like Last of Us will be the one to break the video game curse of live of adaptations and stuff like that, which mm. I mean it's it is an interesting take because mm-hmm. like the only like comparison you can make it to is like comic books because yeah. you know for a while yeah there were like bad comic book movies you know you had Superman and then you had a, a bunch of bad Superman movies you know like the original 1978 with uh, Richard Donner and. Uh, why am I for- Christopher Reeves? There you go. I'm about to be like, why am I forgetting his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had a, uh, you know, Tim Burton and uh, Batman. Keaton, Batman yeah. in the '80s. Oliver um, Schumacher. 
And it led to Schumacher or whatever, and mm-hmm. like saying that you know with Batman and Robin's like the uh, superhero movies are over because yeah. that movie sucked. But then like what a year or two later you get Blade, mm-hmm. which some people like to cite as like you know the return of the superhero movies in terms of like this is what leads them to mm-hmm. stardom. But then and, but you get X Men and then obviously Spider Man, and then it's like okay yeah. You know, video game, uh, comic book movies have been done. But then some people like to argue, wow, it's uh, Iron Man, right? Yeah. Iron Man and all of the MCU. And some would argue the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, some argue even the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, this is the one, right? The, the Dark Knight trilogy is the series of movies that truly makes comic book movies movies kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? Uh, and then obviously, like I said, uh, it's like, no, it's Iron Man and the MCU that have truly turned like broken the comic book curse like now all these new crazy mm-hmm. stuff that you do from the comics can be put onto film and no one you know it's it's it works like they found the formula that makes all these characters work yeah kind of thing uh so i feel like so that, that idea is kind of subjective because in terms of video game movies right if you're looking at if you're thinking about it in terms of like well i guess video game adaptation if you think about it in terms of success like there haven't been that many. <laughs> there haven't been that many uh, financial successes, but then you have the Resident Evil movies, and they were technically financial successes. But I don't. Th- I don't think you would find a, a, a normal Resident Evil fan saying, "Oh, I love the Resident Evil movies." You know, Mila Djokovic, great actress. I love her. I mm-hmm. love her character, Alice, and everything. I, I I love the fact Jill is nowhere around. I love that. Where's where's Chris Redfield? Doesn't matter. I got it's way Alice. down there in uh, movie seven or something. Where's Wesker? He's in there for a little bit. They recreate a scene from the video games or something. Yeah, but, and and, 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 and Alice is all the and way. And we're not talking shit about people who like are like saying like, oh no, these movies have always been good. No, that's fine. If you like them, you like them. That's, that's not the issue. It's more like in terms of like general quality uh, for people who are not into the games, right? Yeah, like. Like I I I've I've said it before. Uh, I've never really put that much time into Resident Evil. I played a little bit here and there, but it was just never like my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But like even I would have watched the movies and be like, eh, these, "These ain't for me." But, but if you can get someone who's me who isn't into like Resident Evil and still enjoy the movies, I think that's when you feel something sort of a success, right? And granted, there might be some there are some outliers and some people who are like that, and that's that's perfectly fine. It just didn't work for someone like me. Uh. Because, like you say, Last of Us, I've never played The Last of Us. I know a little bit of The Last of Us. But this show made me go, like, damn, that was pretty good. I could, I could watch more of this. Yeah, you know, and I think that is sort of the thing that happens with a lot of these adaptations is that um, kind of at the end of the day, in terms of how the Hollywood machine works, like, when you're adapting something, you're not only trying to adapt it. Best case scenario, you want it, you want to adapt it so that both fans of the uh, original property can enjoy it but also it still has that appeal to a wider audience that hey yeah we can get and, and money from this some people will be like oh but you're ignoring like the the heart the the loyal fans like no what you want is to do both which is very hard to do because you might have to alienate some people because like for whatever reason they didn't include that one scene in harry potter that was very important to the role to the story of harry and his relationship to so-and-so, I don't know, because I don't remember the books. <laughs> but at the same time, you gotta get, you kind of got the point with or without it. 
Yeah, basically. Um, and again, when it comes to this whole video game curse thing, obviously, uh, I guess the biggest one coming to mind is the Super Bar Mario Brothers movie back in the 80s, which, not great. Fun, no. though. <laughs> well. Good, bad fun. I guess bad fun, yeah. you know. Um, my name is Mario Mario, this is Luigi Mario. <laughs> That's why the Mario Brothers. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, but in, as in more recent times, you could argue that the video game like, curse has been broken. Um, like I said, if you look at it financially, then you could say like, oh yeah, the Resident Evil movies, they did well. You know, that, that technically counts and, and probably people are like, eh, it doesn't know. Uh, but more recently, you know, the Sonic movies, Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, you could consider that being sort of a, a breaking of the video game curse, if you will, you know? Has there ever been another video game movie that has sequels besides the Resident Evil movies? Sonic did it, but is anyone, like, proclaiming to the world that, ah, yes, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, saved the video game adaptations. We've finally done it, boys. Uh, no. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just the level of, like... Why no one talks about the Sonic movies? Because like they they've always been kind of under the radar of good. Like no one's really going out to watch Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's such like a nostalgia thing. Well, I mean, at the same time they've made money and and they're gonna make a third one. So <laughs> yeah, they've been both financial successes and so far they haven't been like critically panned or anything. No, they haven't. They've been. I think most people are, are just go. It's all right. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the issue is that like for a lot of people it's like it's just okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Yeah, because I remember when we watched <laughs> it, we were both like, "It's not terrible. It's actually okay. It's just okay." Yeah. I, yeah. Um. The first one. I think also the issue is that. Um. <laughs> if you look at it from like a bare bones, like you strip down all the parts. The first Sonic movie is basically a buddy road trip movie, mm -hmm. but with Sonic, you know. Uh, and I got you know obviously there's gonna be some fans of the Sonic uh, lore, depending uh, on which one you go with. Yeah, depending on which one, because Sonic lore is just all over the place. You know, it's like, no, they should have done it this, this, and that, and it's like, yeah, but you know they wanted to market it a bit more. Don't get me wrong, audience. I would love it if the third movie was basically Sonic Adventure two. Since they did tease Shadow, yeah, and that'd be really cool if the last bat fight, that the last arc, uh, you know, a third of the movie is like them fighting a giant space worm with Live and Learn playing in the background. Mm -hmm. That'd be so fucking cool. But no, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Well, at least let them uh, fucking put Live and Learn in the in the movie for God's sakes. That's all I want. You know, like. I mean, I know there's there's bits of Sonic music in the movies a little bit. Yeah. But like, come on, like you gotta have some Crush Forty, man. Yeah, man. They were the whole. They were like the '90s Sonic group thing guys. Although I will say this, if uh, I mean, obviously Shadows. Uh, I wonder if how they'll change Shadows' backstory because uh, if I recall correctly, you know, he's pregnant with this little girl Maria, and she gets fucking murdered. <laughs> gets shot up. <laughs> Would they go with that? Would they go with that? I don't know. That'd be pretty cool if they did. It'd be very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, like, also there's, like, the whole thing with, like, uh, the animated stuff. Like, uh, you know, I mean, say what you will about The Witcher. You know, it's kind of like a 50-50 game and book. 
Yeah. So, but it's also the Castlevania show. That's yeah. Been like, like, you know, beloved by so many people. Yeah, the Castlevania show uh, on Netflix, when that came out, people freaking loved it, you know? And mm. it's a... You know, I, I guess for some people it might be a bit too violent for them, but, I, I, you know, it, it works, you know, for Castlevania, it works. Um, then, obviously, of course, you had uh, Arcane, you know, the League of Legends animated show, which did gangbusters, won some actual awards, too. The thing it won an Oscar, didn't it? No, I think it was an Emmy. Mm. Um, but why is that not considered, like, breaking the video game curse when you think about it, right? Is mm-hmm. it? And I guess the answer to that, and also with, today Cyberpunk Edge Runners and Heck, we're getting the animated Mario movie, which by all accounts looks amazing in terms of visual sense. It's really just how the story is going to play out. Is that is what I think everybody's kind of and the voice acting <clears throat> and the voice acting like mainly of Mario. I think everybody else has done fine. I granted we haven't heard Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, but I can only imagine that's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can already imagine the laugh. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think, I think what it is is because The Last of Us has such a like, um, profound impact on like mainstream like gaming. Because mm-hmm. like, remember when it first came out, everyone was talking about you know this is the first time you know you know we ever feel very much an emotional attachment to characters in this game. Not looking at something like Final Fantasy VII that could made a lot of people cry over t- or uh, Aerith's death. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, what I, I feel like what you mean to say is that, like, The Last of Us has a lot of critical appeal within the video game community, and it's very lauded for its story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, obviously, it, you know, it's a game, yeah, and uh, people do like the game for the most part. Granted, some gameplay, you know, some people, you know, it's... It's it's very much that, and that, you know, I had this conversation about it, because I just, I just started playing God of War, um... The, the new the new uh, reboot series I guess mm-hmm. is this way to call it it's like there that Sony's been going very uh, entertainment's been going very like heavy on this sort of cinematic movie like feel of it mm-hmm. and like the last of us was pretty much that one that started it all yeah it's definitely the one that le- has led to so- a lot of Sony uh, exclusive gamings going down that route of being very uh in like very story driven linear, and I wouldn't say linear. Um, Feels a little linear. Yeah, because I think I think about uh, Horizon, and that's not linear. It's an open world game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, third person sort of uh, kind of things where you're going around, and the story is more or less the focus. Gameplay is obviously there, but it's it's like the story is what you're there for. For that sort of I guess single player experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for a lot of people, that sort of thing, you know, because I remember even back in the day when they, uh, even before they announced, like, they were making Last of Us show, it's like, you know, the one thing that, you know, Last of Us could, you know, I think can be a perfect live action adaptation, you know, mm-hmm. it has, like, it has, like, you know, it has all these things that could work for it, right? And, you know, yeah, because I think it, it was already very cinematic in its storytelling mm-hmm. that you can kind of just sort of put two and two together fairly easily yeah. you know yeah no i i, I agree because like even thinking about now like some of the scene some of the cuttings i've seen like man this looks like it, it could go well with a with a movie it has a lot of like good cinematography and all that stuff even when there was moments like like for example like the the moment where 
in the show where Joel and Tess, right? Is her name? Tess. Yeah, when he's holding her and they're about to get shot by that soldier. No, no, no. That's not the... No, you mean the daughter. Yeah. The, the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the daughter. Mean? It's Sarah. Sarah, yeah. And, and I'm like, man, I could just see this being like a scene from the game. Just like, but we're working with like, you know, a different camera angle. Where in the game it would probably be like, like the behind Joel or something. Yeah. Like from the third person view. Honestly, uh, uh, you can probably look up. There probably might be some comparisons of that online now. Yeah. But uh, ha- having seen again, like how how Last of Us opens and stuff, like they actually do pretty well in terms of like how that's seen to the shot. Mm-hmm. You know. Which I'm like, damn, that's just so well. And obviously, like again, this is one of the reasons why uh, I think Last of Us became such a clear, uh, you know, well beloved, especially again with the mainstream, pe- with, with mainstream people, especially people who don't play video games. It's a, it's it's shot. It's made in a way where it's different than most games you would see with it having a cinematic feel. And if you've never associated games like this kind of thing, you, you would be enthralled by the story. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, like anyone who says like, "Oh man, this is the most emotional video game ever," I'm like, um, throws down a list of every other game that they've played that made them sad or cry or happy. And yeah, like obviously that's. You know, it's a gross simplification of just how video games are. Like, there, are, Last of Us is not the first video game that has ever made anyone cry. It's not the fir- last. Last of Us is not the first video game that has ever had a very emotional emotional plot or anything. You know, but it is the one that like very lean hard into I think cinematic appeal in terms of cinematic storytelling mm-hmm. that like elevates it a lot. It's kind of the same. Uh, like, it reminds me of like Skyrim in a weird way in terms of like. Skyrim's open worldness and how you could just kind of do a lot of stuff kind of led to a bunch of like marketing of other like open world games kind of being like, oh, this is the sky, this is like Skyrim, you know? This is the Dark Souls of this game. Yep, this is the, <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls getting popular and like like the super hard gameplay and stuff. And it's like, ah, yes, this will be the FPS of, this will be the Dark Souls of shooter games. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but sure. Yeah, uh, Lawbreakers. That's that's what I'm referencing. Whatever happened to that game? I... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so... Basically, yeah, you know, it's uh, Last of Us sort of has that... Has always had that cinematic uh, aesthetic to it, which, you know, lends itself very well to this live-action a- adaptation because mm-hmm. in terms of visuals... The the team did not have to do much uh, work, mm-hmm. realistically, to get the visuals down. But obviously, you know, what the hard work was getting the right actors and getting, you know, being able to tell the story well. Mm-hmm. Which, so far, at least from this first episode, I think they've done a pretty good job of doing that. Yeah, and we'll see how the rest of goes. We don't know how many episodes this is. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know how they're gonna uh, how they're going to go on about it. Yeah, because the I guess the question is like how long is this season gonna be and how how much of it is going to overlap with the game? Because mm-hmm. I think Last of Us is like at least a twelve hour game mm-hmm. in terms of story beats and stuff. And granted, you can definitely like stretch it out a bit, which I mean they already have done in this first episode alone by expanding mm-hmm. a bit more on the lore and stuff. Um, but then it leads to the question of like, all right, obviously this show probably gets a season two. Is, like, this first season straight up going to be just the plot of the first game? 
Mm. And if it is, is season two going to be the plot of the second game? Which we know was kind of controversial. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, for, for various reasons. You know, or are they going to be, all right, second season is the stuff that happens between Last of Us 1 and 2. Okay, third season, is it Last of Us Part 2? Has the 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 blowback or the controversies of Last of Us 2 died down a bit? Died down enough to where you could reasonably have people watch a second season, like a season of the Last of Us TV show that recounts all that stuff. You know? Do you want to see Pedro's Pascal's heads get smashed again for the second time? Because remember how that went in Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. All right. This time he has a Mandalorian helmet. You know, you just put it on. You know, it's Mandalorian armor. Mandalorian armor. You know. Yeah. Best guard. Best thing in the world. Best they, thing in the world. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't break it with the golf club, dude. I, I'm telling you, he just needs to put on. Heck, a lightsaber won't go through it. <laughs> yeah, he just needs to put that thing on. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No problem. <laughs> I love how uh, so just far. Just hummingbirds. Yeah, I love how so far no one. I well, I haven't seen any much memes about like, just like, huh, this is interesting. Uh, Pedro Pascal is once again going to be a father figure to a young child. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a big giant cast. I think someone actually asked him to say like, uh, uh, uh it'd be like. Can you say you're the internet's daddy? He's like, I'm the internet's daddy. <laughs> oh God, good lord. Uh, but yes, that's uh, now onto the the bigger uh, question, uh, not the question, but the conversation. Well, yeah, the the more interesting conversation that has popped up since the release of The Last of Us Part One, or I'm sorry, the first episode. Hey, can someone check on uh, Halo fans? I'm pretty sure they're on Suicide Watch right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, that is, yeah. We, there's been a lot of a discussion of like. Hey, look at Sony's, like, sort of one of their big flagship shows getting an adaptation. That's what it mainly is. That's, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah, and uh, look at Xbox's biggest title, Halo, and its uh, live-action adaptation. And, oh, God. You know? It, I think it, boils, it just boils down to the classic Xbox versus PlayStation, which, if, you're, if you guys know us by now, we don't care. I mean, yeah, like, I think... Not to say that... Uh, you know that isn't fun sometimes to have that like rivalry and it you know it kind of feeds into a nice into at least healthy uh competition yeah uh, between the two console makers and stuff um but yeah i mean with the rise of like cross play and all that stuff being a thing you know it kind of sort of broke down a bit of like that uh console rivalry stuff but still uh yeah it is i think part of it is sort of a like, haha, you know, Halo, you know, Xbox sucks or whatever. But I think another part of it is just like, look at how well treated this property is. And look what happened to the Halo show, you know, mm-hmm. which honestly had a lot of potential, you know, had a lot of potential to be good. But did so many odd and choices that ultimately, like, like a house, like a house of cards. Like one card is knocked down, and then all of it sort of falls apart, and that's what the Halo show feels like, you know. Where like the, the, a lot of these things could have worked, but just one of these things, like too many of the bends have. Uh... So he, he, here's where I'm gonna get, gonna get, where my points are gonna be at. Last of Us has only one thing 
for it. To my knowledge, okay? To my knowledge. I'm that's all I'm going to be saying. It just has the game, right? There's no expanded lore, say comic or book-wise. Halo has not just the game, it has book series, it has comic books, and some other stuff out there that I'm not going to go that deep into, right? Cuz we're, well, we are not that big. We're not that into Last of Us. We are big into Halo, uh-huh. <laughs> so we can tell you like all this stuff. We made a whole series of it, of of us telling like, okay, what is going on? How is this you know connected to anything? If you just play the games, you don't ha- you have no idea what they're talking about, <laughs> or at least even then, you know, because there was no way they're going to be adapting the first game into like a TV show. There's not much story going on there. Well, I mean, yes, I I I agree with you on that front in terms of that, but it's it's not, I guess, impossible. No, no, I'm I'm not saying it's impossible to adapt Halo into another medium. You know, there's there's methods to do it. They decided to go a different route, of course, which in theory should work, and but its execution wise doesn't feel Halo, right? And Halo is more than just the big old circular ring that, that, you know, Master Chief goes in. It's a lot of other stuff, too, that, you know, if you were never a fan of, you wouldn't be exposed to. But considering how Last of Us is a, you know, it's, it's last, the Last of Us show very much encapsulates The Last of Us, the game. The, the, the TV show of Halo does not encapsulate what makes Halo, Halo. You get what I'm saying? No, yeah, I think, yeah, no, I think what you're saying, you know? yeah, like clearly, like I mean, to be fair, the fact that it, it uh, 343 had to go out, out and say that it's in its own timeline, sort of like uh, hints at sort of the fact that like they that the Halo show was gonna do its sort of its own thing, mm-hmm. and not to say that there's any, there's nothing wrong with that, um, but in the way it, how it uses uh you know, Master Chief and all these other characters, it's, you know, it's, it feels off, you know, like, it it all feels off, you know, like, there are, like, things where you're like, yes, this feels, you know, very Halo-y, you know, Uh, but then there are other moments where it's like, that is, that is a choice that has been made, and I want to, and hopefully this goes well, and some, and most of the time, it does not go well. It did not go well. It, 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 it's it's it. That's why like I think a lot of people are just like looking at so say something like Last of Us, which is such like a good adaptation, so very much you know attached to. I shouldn't say attached. Um, a, sort of makes strives to be as close to the game as possible, while still adding sort of a new flair to it. Which I think is the only way you could do it in terms of adapting that game, right? With Halo, you have so many forms of media where you can not... I wouldn't say cherry-pick, but, like, you can just kind of go wherever, wherever you want. You know, but they chose to go in a way that didn't make any sense. And it didn't really reflect it as Halo, the show. The, the, the game, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's, it's kind of the sad part of, like, Halo, the TV show. Because, in reality... You know, you doing your own thing shouldn't be that difficult so long as it adheres to, like, what Halo is. Like, you have such a good, like, example for that. And that's, you know, Forward Onto Dawn, the Machinima series that they did a while back. You, you know what I'm saying? Years back, I'm sorry. Like, like around the Halo 4 times. Mm-hmm. 
And that, to me, was like one of the best adaptations of Halo I've ever seen in terms of live action. Like it was, it had a, it was a very good coming of age story. Uh, when Chief shows up, it's like, oh shit, it's Chief, and he acts like Chief, and there's a lot of cool scenes with him, and he's very, you know, stern. And again, like it's it's sad because like the Halo TV show, I think it has sort of the right things to make it good, but it just there's something about it that I don't know where it was the writers, where it was in charge, just didn't you know make it have that sort of justice. It felt like a different kind of TV show in general. That like I wouldn't say like something like just not, just right now we were just talking about Pedro Pascal being like a really good Joel. I think Pablo Schreiber could be a good Master Chief. He has a lot of mannerisms. Uh, to the chief whenever he has to be chief. Yeah, so I, I, I so that's from, that's my theory. And you're like, yeah, you, you have a lot of character, people in the show who I'm like, yeah, you know, this this could work. These guys could, you know, do the this series justice. But I think it was just like, it did nothing about it felt Halo, which is the sad part, right? It, it, it could, everything in there had the makings of it, like you were saying. But I don't know if it was, again, I don't know if it was the writers or if it was the, whoever was in charge. Maybe it's because these were people who didn't really take the game seriously uh, as a product. Maybe that's why it became the way it is. Uh, and that's kind of the thing I see with, you know, Last of Us. This Last of Us was made by, you know, a team that really cared about the game or really, you know, wanted to do the game justice. Um... With Halo, it didn't feel that much, which is sad because I feel like there's people in there that really wanted to do it right. Especially like even like the you know the the guys designing the the Covenant who were they all look so good, but yet the Covenant wasn't even involved in it. Not saying you need the Covenant because like again, there's aspects in Halo where a lot of shits going back down in the UNSC. Where, like, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of conspiracies, and all this and that. That, like, it just didn't feel like Halo. Yeah, um, I think... Like, honestly, the, the thing about, I think... I think the thing about the Halo show mm-hmm. is... I think for me, when you kind of sort of boil it down... Like, you could, I mean... You could basically just, instead of having Chief, you could just name uh, him as a different Spartan, like freaking Mark 316 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that would still be the character they use. You know? Because Chief just doesn't feel like Chief. Like, he has those moments where it does feel like Chief, right? Mm-hmm. But the direction they take him is interesting but it also sort of just is sort of uh counterintuitive to uh what he is and i think i do agree in terms of like me uh probably the, uh, that there is a possibility that the creators did not uh i guess have enough care for the show mm-hmm. or at least for the uh for the original property because obviously there was that quote, I think, before the show came out. It's like, oh, we didn't play the games, but we read up on all the other stuff. Which you hoped was like, okay. But, I mean... Yeah, because there's more to Halo than just the games. Yeah. Which is what which I was trying to say throughout that whole speech. Y- yeah, no, I, I understand that. Um, But the thing is, is that 
when you're going to involve the Chiefs, like, most people know him from the video games, mm-hmm. you know, and there is that sort of level of, like, okay, what sort of uh, stuff in the video games did, you know, I, I yeah, I guess that's sort of the point I'm going with, it's like, if, if uh, the creators just did not put all that care and stuff into the uh, learning about what makes the video game special and what makes that plot special, then like you're gonna you're gonna be in for some uh, very interesting stuff. Like, cause my thing is like, cause I think the idea in my brain is like, if these guys wanted to sort of like have sort of a creative. Like, if they wanted to play around in the Halo sandbox, I mean, you're more than willing to do that and find and stuff. Um, but, like, don't include the Chief then, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think there's been multiple, like, ways people online have always talked about how Halo Show could work. Like, obviously, it's like, okay, well, if we're not going to do the video games, let's do, like, a side story kind of thing or, or this and that kind of stuff like i know some people were like oh it should be like band of brothers that that tv show like you know said in world war ii kind of thing mm. uh, but like do that but with halo like maybe it's like a group of marines and then maybe on you'll hear like in the background of stuff like the chief's doing something and then maybe he just shows up for like the cameo bit you know something like you know in forward on to dawn mm-hmm. kind of thing um and to be fair the halo universe is so expansive that i think you could realistically just uh set a story in the halo universe that follows the spartan and various other things mm-hmm. happen around them and it would still work uh but i mean just the way the show was structured is just all right we're doing sort of an alt universe take of how the halo sh- is gonna go and well all this stuff happens we have a season two coming down the line, but as far as I'm aware, I have no idea what the hell they're going to do, considering where they left the story off. So. <laughs> considering that stuff. And it's funny, because we haven't even heard much about uh, season two yet. Yeah, like, I think you would imagine they would have already, like, said that, oh, we're, we started filming now, mm-hmm. since it came out last year, and stuff. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like where are we going with this it might be some quality control right now where they're trying to find a way to make it good because <laughs> i guess I, mean, I guess in terms of like paramount like mm. the important thing for them is like oh yeah it's one of our most successful original shows let's you know let's keep the ball rolling but considering the critical response you know obviously it's like a lot of people didn't like it so, I mean, I don't blame them. And I guess, you know, the whole conversation boiled down to is just that this is like two sides of a coin. One is where the creatives have not only like enough care to about the show, but actually have someone who was directly involved with the making of the property have a creative uh, position with enough power to sway things and be like, hey, all right, let's go, mm. let's not go to blah, 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 or like, hey, I like this, or, you know, that sort of thing. Well, a creative who who has time to be involved, because I recall 343 was involved, 
but at the same time, we don't know how much involvement they had in on it. You know, Neil Druckmann isn't working on Last of Us Three right now, as we know. Yeah, so far as we know, uh, Naughty Dog hasn't been, isn't really working on anything, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Neil Druckmann's gonna be. Also, to be fair, again, he is a producer and is probably directing at least one episode, so that does not take that much time to do in the grand scheme of things compared to what he has to do in making a video game. So mm. that could be he be he will be doing that stuff on his off days from uh, from Naughty Dog. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, 343, uh, I don't know who was their representative who would go there, but obviously 343 was in the, uh, during, you know, the Halo show was going through development hell for quite a while, so clearly there was definitely already some issues throughout that whole thing, and it eventually, uh, was able to mold together into what we got, and, uh, what we got was, uh, not a satisfying product. No, and again, you remember, development hell, a lot of shit could have went down. It's true, you know, the original uh, story ideas and stuff might have been more closer to what we thought, but maybe various changes in direction and all that stuff just led into some crazy stuff. Meanwhile, Last of Us didn't seem, doesn't seem like it had any of that, those problems. They had a clear goal, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, they executed, executed properly. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it's the tale of, uh, I guess it's the tale, like, what is that book? Uh, the Tale of two, two Cities? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tale of Two Cities, uh, you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see, because I mean, obviously, the initial, the initial thoughts of The Last of the Show was like, oh, God, they're gonna ruin it somehow by not letting people, you know, do this and that and whatever. And now the first episode's out, it's like, okay, this is real good. Okay, maybe we've been... All right, let's let's see where this goes. You know. Yeah, because uh, they even they said something that made people go like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's very much like haha uh, video games. There are no emotion. You know, you can't cry over pixels or whatever. When we do it in live action, it's gonna feel so real. To which I have to say, having seen uh, the moment where Sarah dies, both in cutscene, you know, mm-hmm. from the video game and in the show. I felt the same amount of emotions, all right? Because it's a little girl dying. How are you not going to be a little bit emotional about that? <laughs> a little girl who's... <laughs> it doesn't matter if she's pixels. That's a little girl. Yeah. She got shot. <laughs> she got horribly shot for no good reason. Because That's the crazy. world is cruel. <laughs> yes. God damn it. <laughs> Listen. Everyone felt bad for, I guess I, I always bring up uh, Final Fantasy VII because that's the one that everyone, you know, likes to go to. Everyone felt bad for Aerith dying. And she was just, she was just the pile blocks. Yep. Especially in the first, yeah, yeah, she pile blocks. And I was going to say this too, like, heck, there were people who who were freaking emotional about that Dead Island trailer way back in the day, the first one. Oh, the one with the little girl. Yeah, you know, she gets fucking bitten and, yeah. and you know. It's, you know, you go look at it. Uh, I think it's been flagged now, isn't it? Uh, is it still? No. What do you mean, like, what do you mean by flagged? Like, well, it's just kind of hard to find now, I'm saying, in general. Or, I mean, I don't think so. If anything, I mean, I guess it'd be flagged for, like, adult. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is, like, a little girl getting turned into a zombie and then getting thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still fucked up, though, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess uh, that's probably the best way place to end this episode. Um, in in general, you can yeah, you know, it, it's it's a series that can be made uh, well if if with the right people, and clearly Last of Us has the right people. Um, was what we'll the wait and see how that turns out. But anyways, yes, uh, if you guys enjoyed what we heard, be sure to follow us on all social media, all social medias, ah, all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're more active on Instagram at the Geekontarians. You'll find a link tree to all the podcasts that we're officially part of, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all that like. And you'll find a link tree to YouTube for all you other listeners out there who want to put a face to the voice. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And yeah, we have a Patreon to help for you, for anyone out there who wants to help us. So yeah, yeah it's been uh, it's been fun talking about The Last of Us. Uh, we're probably not going to be talking about it as much, kind of like the same thing with the Velma show. We know we talked about the first few episodes of that, but we're not probably, we're not going to spend our whole time with that. We, you know, we have other things to do. But yeah, uh, it's been me, your boy Eli. It's been me, Joe. You guys have a good one. Peace.